0: well, if I remember my geography and geology classes correctly, Oklahoma and Texas actually are on a fault line. So we have tectonic plates throughout the entire United States and the world that move up and down in various ways. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast,
1: your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams, the win-win maker. Today, I have Katie Petras, which is, she is a mineral rights expert with 16 years in the oil industry. Um, She's also an agent, and she's helped uh, buyers and sellers on fix and flips. So she's done, uh, there's three deals where she was on both the buyer side and the sell side of the commissions with some fix and flips. But what I'm really excited to pick your brain about, Katie, is mineral rights and what they are, how to work with them. So with that said, will you just give us a little bit of your background and how your background got you into mineral rights, and then we'll get started with the questions.
0: Okay. I got into mineral rights because I uh, faxed in my resume to a company, didn't know anything about them, and they saw that I had an aptitude and learned mineral rights from inside that company. And it's grown into a career of, as you said, 16 years. And I've been on the mineral management side. So I've helped people transition when they've bought or sold their minerals with the oil and gas companies.
1: Okay. What did you do before that?
0: Um, before that, I was a picture framer and just getting out of college. Okay, cool.
1: Um, I got another question. So this, a, few, a couple of years ago, um, oil was in a rough spot. A lot of people were moving out of oil into roofing or into real estate or a number of other industries, restaurant, Um, just because for a year or so, it was really, really rough. Uh, What did you do when oil prices were um, too difficult for them to really have anybody in the U.S. doing oil?
0: I went out and I got my real estate license. Okay, okay. You know, dealing with people is one of those things that I did in the companies and I know quite a bit about the land and the negotiation and that part of it. So it was an easy transition in that regard.
1: Awesome. All right. So I've got a few questions queued up for you. Um, I'm excited to kind of get into this. So first off, what are oil rights just so we can all be on the same page?
0: Oil and gas rights are the subsurface mineral that is under most properties in the United States. Some are in drilling quantities, and some are not. Um, and it is part of that property stick bundle that we hear people talking about all the time. You have the surface rights and the mineral rights.
1: Okay, so surface rights. Uh, let's let's kind of let's detail this. Then um, let's talk about first surface rights. Uh, what is that? and What does it include?
0: Surface rights include about from the very surface of the, of the earth to 500 feet in the air because above that you get the air rights where the airplanes get to go and to about 500 feet below the surface. And that is that was designed to incorporate and include most wells for water so that the owner of the property can actually drill and have water.
1: Okay, so that will bring me to water rights. So is water rights, does that include anything It does the mineral. Excuse me, surface rights. There's so many different things (laughs) here. Do the surface rights within the 500 feet below and above? Does that include if there's water 500 feet below and above? You have a right to that water, or when does it come into effect where somebody else might own the water right?
0: In Colorado specifically, you have to go back to the deeds and see who actually owns the water rights. In other states it is part of the the bundle of surface rights, is that you have the water. Um, recently, I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but we did a couple of years ago, have the whole rain barrel issue. Mm-hmm. And that was part of that surface right package that we should be able to collect our surface water. Yeah. But the state of Colorado said, no, 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 no. That's supposed to be, that's ours and everything like that. So. Yeah.
1: And, and what they were doing is because Colorado sells its water mostly to um, Nevada and California. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so what was the issue was people said, hey, we should be able to, if, if it rains here and we collect it on a roof and we put it into, you know, 50 gallon bucket, that should be ours. And Colorado wanted to say no. What ended up happening?
0: They actually want, uh, the citizens of Colorado actually won that. So now we can collect our rainwater to awesome. a limited amount.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, okay. So we talked about surface rights. We talked about water rights and then, and we kind of got in involved in a little bit of mineral rights and I think I called it oil rights, but yeah, it's minerals. It's all yes. of the minerals, right? Yes. Um, And then I think we're missing air rights. So you were saying up to 500 was surface rights. What happens past 500 feet in the air?
0: Well, for the United States, that particular air becomes property of the United States. That's where our airplanes can go and things like that. That's why when you do drone photography, you have to go to the FAA and actually get a license to be able to fly the drones commercially.
1: Okay. It's because
0: of that air right. Spectrum, which is not my area of expertise.
1: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So, is there a way to have the rights above 500 feet? And if so, how do you do that?
0: I would say yes, but I don't know exactly what okay. that would entail. That is okay. definitely outside of my spectrum. I usually okay. stick to the subsurface okay. stuff. So,
1: uh, let me ask you this question What states have you worked in with mineral rights?
0: Let's see. Um, Alabama, Mississippi, New York, West Virginia, North Dakota, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, and California, and Alaska. the major producers.
1: (laughs) I got got about eight or 10 of those, but I know you said more like 15. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, So you've you've worked all over. So you're obviously with 16 years experience and working in uh, a dozen states at least, um, you have a lot of experience. So one thing that we talked about just when we were doing the pre-interview was something called fee mineral rights. It's something I've never heard of. Could you define fee mineral rights?
0: So there's two types of mineral rights. There's fee, and then there's the um in Canada it's called the Queen's rights. It's where the government owns the rights. So in Colorado, it could be the state, it could be the county, it could be the um United States. So you would hear O N R R and things like that. That's the difference. Fee being that fee simple. Um that was one of those questions that they went over in the real estate licensing program that people, people own property and fee simple, meaning they paid a fee to get the property to begin with during the patent exchange.
1: Okay. All right. Let's go, let's go into that. So um, I've heard of condos that where the person selling the condo was so excited to tell me that it was a fee simple uh, yeah, hey, this is fee simple. And and that obviously sounded like a good thing. I've looked it up. I, I know a tiny bit about it, but not enough. So what is fee simple, if you could define that?
0: Fee simple, to the best of my knowledge, because I'm not I don't have anything to go look it up on, to really clarify that, is we own it simply because we've simply paid for it. So... As opposed to the Queen's minerals or the U.S. the own or state minerals.
1: Is there an opposite of fee simple? Is there another way to buy that you know of? No. Okay. All right. No. But all. Just,
0: all. All real estate is actually fee simple.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I'm when I was looking at some uh, development, um, and this guy who was the developer, he was just so excited to keep saying like a thousand times. Oh, these condos are fee simple. Fee simple, and I was just like, "What is the? What else could this be? Like, what other option do you have out there?" So I was just, I was just curious. So um, one thing, another thing that we kind of talked about was 1031 exchanges. So um, kind of interesting. You can buy these rights to the minerals, and what you said is, is there's ways of 1031ing that. But the question that I would really have is, is there a way uh, to legally do a 1031 from just regular real estate, just you know, just the surface rights, whatever you have, into these um, mineral rights and, and maybe back and forth?
0: Yes, there is. Um, there's people like EnergyNet and US Mineral Exchange that have 1030 and 1031 Exchange Company here in Denver is actually somebody that does it all the time. Um, you can literally identify a property that is of like kind, so like price. Because it's part of, because the surface property that you're talking about, that home, that condo, that commercial unit, whatever it is, is part of the real property bundle, you can, you can just roll it right into a real estate, or not real, sorry, a mineral property mm. and back and forth. So if you're having a hard time finding something to 1031 exchange out of, and you really want to get out of that particular property, you can look to do minerals for a short time or a long time.
1: Great. And let me ask you, so I've got um, two more questions that I really had, but the the first one is you're talking about doing a 1031 exchange back and forth um, for a short time or a long time. So I guess we haven't yet posed this question. How do you make money with mineral rights?
0: There's two ways. Um, It's really similar to either buying and holding and having that particular property rented out. The rent you get back is in the royalties based upon the number of wells that have been drilled on that property or included in that property. That's the way you make one side of money. The other way you can make it is that you buy it, you hold it, you sell it. You just flip it right out. You don't have to do any repairs or any of that.
1: Okay. So as far as mineral rights goes, um, your expertise is within the oil industry. Um, are there other minerals that are valuable that could be in that land that people might be able to use?
0: Yes, there's coal, there's lignite there's um, you can do some gold mine and things like that. Um, out in California, I was talking to somebody that has um, a calcium product that is used in women's makeup. So there's a lot of different things that can be considered a mineral
1: what? Uh, What do you understand about fracking, and is that a part of mineral rights?
0: Fracking is hydraulic fracturing. It's where they use a water-like substance. It's mostly water with some other chemicals to make it a little bit more fluid. And they push it down the pipe in order to create fractures within the, micro-fractures within the rock to actually extract the oil. And this has been happening since the early 70s. So.
1: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, one quick question. So I've got a 160 unit apartment complex, apartment community under contract today. Mm -hmm. Um, that property is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And one thing that I'm getting hearsay from, I haven't, We're still in our due diligence phase, so we're still learning about this, but you might be a good person to ask, Um, and if not, that is totally fine, but let me ask, the um, structure has a lot of cracks in the foundation, so we have helical piers that we've got an estimate of 160 of these helical piers within this 160 unit. I don't know, I guess it's one heel pier per unit. (laughs) uh, I never thought about it like that. Okay, so there the um, structural engineer says he needs to put these in. And we were doing a tour. So Manny, uh, he's a partner of mine, you've met him. Uh, Manny went through um, 156 of the 160 units last week. And while he was there, he was talking to a lot of the tenants, a lot of the residents that were living there. And his question constantly was, you know, what? Where did this crack come? And overwhelmingly, they continue to say it didn't happen until we started getting um, all these earthquakes. So, what I'm leading into is apparently last year they had about a hundred earthquakes in Tulsa, and this year they've had about two thousand earthquakes in Tulsa, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are saying this is because of fracking. Do you have any uh, ideas, guesses, or knowledge about that?
0: Well, if I remember my geography and geology classes correctly, Oklahoma and Texas actually are on a fault line. So, we have tectonic plates throughout the entire United States and the world that move up and down in various ways. And there is there could very well, because you know the San Andreas Fault has been quite quiet for a while, there's other areas where the earth is moving and shifting. Um, I have heard that a lot of people think that it's all due to fracking and, and that kind of thing. I tend to disagree based upon, you know, those geology classes showing me that through the state of Oklahoma and through the state of, of Texas, there are fault lines that will shift and move. And I think it's about that time for them to start shifting and moving.
1: Okay. Uh, very interesting. I really appreciate you, and I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that I asked. I was, I was like, I don't know how this is gonna go if I ask this question, but I'm, I'm glad I did. So I have one last question that I was already planning on asking you. How do you sell a property, but you keep the mineral rights? Is that, is that possible? And if so, how could you do that?
0: Yes, that's, that's actually one of those things that has come up, especially in my oil and gas job before because I had a person sell their property and in the contract to buy and sell, they retained the mineral rights. However, it didn't make it to the deed. So if you want to keep the mineral rights, you need to make sure that you state that you want to keep them on the deed because everybody going after you doesn't have access to those contracts. Contracts are not public knowledge. Deeds are.
1: How many deeds are we going to have? So I guess what I'm asking is where we, we mentioned stuff about 1031 exchanges um, and being able to own mineral rights. So how and why you're saying one, so that that is confusing to me to think that you would have one deed and it would be like this person owns this and this person owns that because the the question becomes how do you sell the mineral rights and the other person not, and how do you record it? And I guess I would expect, I would have expected to have like a deed for mineral rights and a deed for whatever other kind of rights that you would have. So um, can you kind of, uh, for me at least, and I'm sure other people have the same question. Oh, sure. How, why is it on one deed and how, how is does that work logistically?
0: So, Assuming that you have the surface and the mineral of the same property, we're going to go down that path first because we can get down the other paths and it'll be a little different. But, and you want to sell just the mineral rights. In, in this example, you would do a mineral deed selling the mineral rights that would sever the surface and the, and the subsurface. If you wanted to sell your surface and retain your mineral rights, different example, you still do one deed. And on that one deed, you're selling the surface and retaining those mineral rights.
1: Okay. Then what happens when the person who purchases? Okay, let's just say this is a uh, three acres in Conifer, Colorado, and or any other place that is applicable, because maybe Conifer doesn't count. So just three. We'll acres. go to Weld
0: County. Let's go to uh, Greeley.
1: Uh, okay, Greeley. <laughs> I I have three out three acres in Greeley. There's a there's a, a farm on it mm-hmm. and I know that the mineral rights are very, very valuable. I can be uh pulling up oil through having these mineral rights, but I don't wanna live at the place anymore and I realize, huh, I could probably sell this property and give that to somebody else while I retain these mineral rights. Okay, so we've we've done that. It's mm-hmm. And now some, now the deed shows that I've, I've retained some of it. And then this other person, John Doe, owns the um, surface rights. Is that accurate? Yes. And yes. They, they own the house. I guess that comes with the surface rights. Yes. What happens when John Doe decides that he's lived there for five years, he needs to go somewhere else, and he wants to sell? What do we do then? Um, When he tries to sell, what happens and how do I know that I'm protected and there's no accident that they record my mineral rights to the end buyer?
0: In your deed, when you sold the property to begin with, you retained the mineral rights. So you actually severed the surface and the subsurface. You've made them two individual properties now.
1: Even though though it was recorded on one deed?
0: Yes. Okay. You've actually separated it. Um, and then, so as John Doe goes to sell the property and John Doe's heirs are down the line, down the line, down the line, those will remain severed. Um,
1: okay. So when we, John Doe goes to the title company and, uh, sells to Jane Doe. (laughs) And so what happens with my deed? Do, are they just going to come and ask me, um, to give them that deed? They're going to give me a new deed. Okay.
0: Nope. Your, okay. your minerals now become their own separate property Okay. and they become their own entity in and of themselves. Whereas the surface does its thing and it can go down whatever path it wants.
1: But the deed that I would have recorded at that moment would still show John Doe on there, maybe rendering it void or uh, incomplete. No. no? No. Even though he sold.
0: Even though he sold. Okay. But- you, because, because on that deed, yep. you are the grantor. You are the right. one that is giving away. You're only giving away half in theory. You're giving away the surface half. So let's say you owned an entire condo unit, okay, which you're looking at. Okay. And you decide you want to start divesting of it. And you don't want to sell or for some reason you can't sell the whole building. You can start deeding those as individual properties. They have their own unit number.
1: Got it, got it. Um, so, my 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 question, I guess, is still lingering. Is you have a deed? It was one deed. They were on the same piece of paper. Uh-huh. Um, but right now, John has sold it to Jane. Uh-huh. So, uh, I imagine that Jane's going to have a deed filed for her. That's going to say that she owns the surface rights. Yes. But my question is what happens with the deed that was in play that that had John on it? Do they do they wipe that out? Or No. Okay. That
0: that deed does not get wiped out. It's still in the chain of title.
1: Okay. Got it.
0: So think about it this way. You bought the property as one whole thing. And when you sold the surface, you only gave away half of it. So you're keeping the rest of it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that, the deed you got it on is actually the important deed. All you're saying in the deed to John Doe is that I'm keeping part of this. Just like if you were to divide up those, the, the surface of that three-acre ranch into two one-and-a-half-acre uh, one pieces.
1: Mm-hmm. Got it. You got wouldn't it.
0: have to go back and re-deed. The part that you kept for yourself. Okay. When you're subdividing it that way, you're just subdividing it laterally as opposed to surfacely.
1: So I'm in Weld County now and I own hundreds of acres and a company comes in, um, British Petroleum or any other company comes in and says, I just want to buy your mineral rights. Is that something I can do? I can stay living there and and is that's probably pretty common as well. Is that is that accurate?
0: That is accurate. Okay. Um, more likely, the bigger company like British Petroleum and Canna, Anadarko, those guys are going to come in and say, you know, we think there's a lot of really good oil and gas under your property. Can we give you a lease and we'll do the drilling and clean it up afterwards? And then okay. we'll pay you for that.
1: They'll give us a lease, which means that they're renting the mineral rights? Is that what you're saying?
0: They're renting the ability to drill for those mineral rights. And, and then once it comes out of, the, out of the ground and it's sold, you get a share of that.
1: Awesome. Okay, cool. So they give you part of the profits rather than... Okay, okay. Got it. Makes a lot That's of where sense. you
0: hear those words royalties coming okay. in.
1: Nice. Nice. All right. So you think it might be a good idea for some people to go to Wyoming or Texas or uh, Weld County and maybe purchase as much land as possible and hope that BP comes around and and says, can I remove this from you?
0: Maybe not go on by the surface, but you can definitely go out and buy the minerals, even in North Dakota.
1: All right. So the last question that I have, and then I'll let you fill in the blanks of anything we missed. How does somebody find mineral rights for sale? Where do they go? Who do they talk to?
0: Um, there's Energy Net and U.S. Mineral Exchange are two companies that I know of that actually put out auctions on minerals. Um, and there's a couple other ones out there. There's uh, in the early spring around February. There's an event called NAPE and they do a lot of auctions there.
1: Hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. So I got another question. How much, is it, how much should somebody plan to spend on these mineral rights? And is there leverage? I mean, with regular real estate, we can um, get like an 80-20 loan or FHA loan with 3% down. Um, is there some way to leverage banks to buy these mineral rights? And, um, and how much do, should we expect to spend usually?
0: The expected expense is all de- dependent upon how much do you want? Do you want a half acre? Do you want 180 acres? And that spectrum, it's like, what kind of house do you want to buy? Okay. What kind of leverage do you already have? Um, I know that you can, in some cases, use a trust or something like that. You can leverage against that to buy the mineral rights. And in, I think there's a couple of banks. Um, I don't know for sure because I haven't actually tried to do this myself. That will allow you to borrow against producing minerals.
1: Awesome. Okay, so the banks will lend on minerals so long as it's more of a business. It's performing. Yes. They can see um, a history. Like when I buy apartment buildings, I want to see the T12s and the T3s, uh, the history, the P&Ls, all that. Um, yeah. And that helps me understand if I should be buying this or not. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of like the banks say, well, they're getting, you know, X amount of gallons or liters or whatever they call them. Barrels.
0: Okay. Barrels and MCF.
1: They're getting MCFs and barrels this many per day uh, or this many per month. So um, I'm willing to put some money there because I know that at this point, if, if they default on my loan... I should be able to pay. I should be able to make my money out this way. Okay. Law makes a lot, of, a lot of sense. There's Okay. I'm glad we asked a few of those questions. Now, is, you, is there stuff that you can think of that we just kind of missed because Adam Adams is not a mineral right expert. He didn't <laughs> know the right questions to ask. Is there anything that you think we might've missed or needs to be just covered again for the listener who might want to get involved?
0: Well, for the listener that might want to get involved, there's a really great website. It's put together by Landmen, which their whole job is to know about the subsurface rights. It's called mineralweb.com.
1: Okay, I'm going to write this down and uh, it'll be in the show notes. So mineralweb.com. Dot com. Mm-hmm. And that's where people can go to learn more about this.
0: To learn more about minerals and you know, if they wanna get involved in drilling a well versus just having the minerals or things like that. So beyond just minerals with oil and gas, you can also get involved in the drilling operations. So you're paying some of the bills, but you're also getting a bigger piece of the revenue.
1: We'd like to thank our sponsor, Ecospace Real Estate. Ecospace is a Denver, Colorado-based real estate company with a national reach. They provide a unique offering called Flip Your Home, where they utilize their own internal fix and flip crews to flip their clients' homes prior to their listings. Their brokerage clients gain, on average, 23000 of instant equity, which is then taken 100% tax-free. If you'd like to learn more about gaining additional tax-free equity in your home prior to listing, then please visit ecospace.com. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Assuming that there's listeners that just had some more questions to follow up, would it be appropriate for them to contact you? And if so, how would they find you?
0: Yeah, um, I'm more than happy to help out. My email address, I guess, is katie, K-A-T-I-E, at livingindenvermetro.com.
1: Okay, got it. All right, perfect. So, um, I'm just going to try to recap some of what we went over today. Interesting stuff. So, Katie Petras, uh, mineral right expert, 16 years in the oil industry, She's been a buyer's agent and seller's agent for a few fix and flip deals. So she knows what we're doing here in this industry. Um, We talked about surface rights, mineral rights, air rights, and water rights. All of them are different and the laws change depending on where you are. Um, We uh, discussed fee mineral rights. We discussed fee simple. I uh, talked about 1031 exchanges. What I thought was super interesting, and I'm glad that you shared this, is we might be able to sell our house or apartment complex to actually go into mineral rights instead. I thought that was very interesting and by deferring taxes, um, which actually something else is kind of coming up, which I think sounds fantastic. I'll bounce this off you for a second, Katie, here, but check this out. On an apartment complex, you, you have something called depreciation. And there's something called recapture. It seems, or I'm assuming, that you take your apartment complex and you sell it for mineral rights, which probably doesn't have depreciation, and you might it, never have to recapture
0: that? Sadly, Because mineral rights are liquid and they are finite. There is depreciation. Um, There is decline in the wells and things like that.
1: Well, sadly and happily, because there's a lot of people that need to be able to offset some of their income. So they want the depreciation. So it's good to know that they can still be depreciating this asset. So very, very interesting stuff. Um,
0: It doesn't depreciate at the rate that homes do. Okay. But wells do have a decline curve and a depreciation.
1: Okay. So just, I mean, we're getting into the rabbit hole and that's okay sometimes because I want to understand on a residence, then you have, you well, I think they changed it this year, but it was 27 and a half years. And on a commercial building, it was 40 years. Uh, what do you know of how the depreciation rate works with mineral rights?
0: I don't know. Okay, I don't know much about serious. the decline curves that that's where the petroleum engineers and those guys come in to play. That's, (laughs) I know it exists.
1: Okay, perfect. Uh, Well, I'm very glad we covered it then. Uh, And we talked about how to sell your property and keep the mineral rights or how to lease out your mineral rights to uh, bigger companies or again, to just sell the mineral rights and stay living there. Um, We talked about the deeds and what they might look like. And um, we talked about landmen and mineralweb.com. And if you want to reach out to Katie Petrus, you can reach her at K-A-T-I-E at livingindenvermetro.com. Thanks again. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box.